So welcome to the Healing Place podcast. In today's episode, I'm so excited to have my son Carson, and we're going to be talking about him growing up in Argyle, Texas, with his mom and dad being pastors at Cross Timbers Church, uh, with him being a high school student, you know, at Argyle High School, and then him eventually getting into his music career and going to OSU, and all kinds of things about the way dad blew it a couple of times and maybe yep. some things I did right along the way. So hope you enjoy today's episode. Take one. First time on a podcast. <laughs> awesome. So, is, is this your first time on a podcast? I've never, ever? never had a whole mic set up like this. So it's okay. my first, first well, time. Well, for everyone listening, I know if you're watching, you already see this is Carson James Hackney, my son. And, uh, but everybody listening. Yeah. So Carson, welcome, man. Thank it's, you. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting because yeah. it's a first, first time thing. So. Yeah. I'm excited. It's cool to be yeah. here. I feel and like I need to sit up a little bit. Okay. There we go. Get situated. <laughs> there. Alrighty. There All we right. go. <laughs> so yeah, first I'm excited because this means you're up before two fifty three out of bed. Yeah. <laughs> it made me get an earlier start to my day. So uh yeah, and just literally and you're the first of our three kids. I know Jamie and I've talked about we're probably gonna do one where she and I talked to all three of you kids just about growing up and stuff. And so you know this. Let me start by saying you're like, Dad, you know, what do you want to talk about? And, you know, um, and I, I was really nebulous. I was very, you know, ambiguous. I didn't tell you a whole lot because I didn't want to, like, have this conversation and then I try to Re repeat it or contrive it. anything or, or try to go back and, oh, why did I say? This is spontaneous. It's off the cuff. But I literally wanted to have you on because so much of what we deal with in The Healing Place I mean, you know it's relationships, right? But so much of it these days is parents' relationship with their kids, right? Right. So it's not just, you You know me, and a lot of people know me as the marriage guy, right? So I do premarital counseling and a lot of, a lot of marriage counseling. But so much, like literally over the last few months, especially during COVID, um, where everybody was quarantined and living together and uh, under each other, you know, all the college students usually home in yep. their parents' house again after they had, you know, grown and flown, some of them, you know, uh, it was a challenge. And so many people do not have great relationships uh, with their kids. And even the ones that do, it can be challenging, right? Mm -hmm. So, I, man, I just wanted to talk about, honestly, just our relationship and the things that... You know, the challenges we had while you were growing up, you know, the, we joked about the two times yeah, <laughs> for sure that I remember that I really blew it. <laughs> There's two, two memorable times where it's, we'll the, come back to that. Yeah, we'll come two back times to that. where I've seen you blow your lid, but yeah. other than that, you usually kept your composure, so. Well, I don't know about that, but, uh, you know, we're human, right? We yep. blow it. And, um. But, you know, growing up, some things we did well, some things not so well. But I want to tell you, man, I literally, dude, it's a privilege uh, and, and an honor and um, just a blessing for me to have a relationship with you like we have. I mean, we had a really, really good relationship with you growing up. And a lot of the things that you do as a parent, I mean... Somebody told me today, they saw this quote about, wow, I didn't know when I was a teenager, I was watching my parents grow up, mm -hmm. right? So 
mom and I are these young kids who are, you know, trying it out for the first time with Chandler, right? And then we may be figuring some stuff out by the time Christian rolls along, rolls around. And then all of a sudden you're there. Maybe we've chilled out a little bit. Maybe we've gotten some grace in certain areas. But yeah. I know we would we had struggled too, and and there was obviously Corbin before me, and that that's a whole other podcast. I'm sure if y'all yeah. talked about that before, but yeah. So there's Corbin and how that affected us, and and literally somebody made this point uh, yesterday. I was talking to them. They said, you know what? That was. I mean, you were traumatized, and I said, yeah, absolutely, we were traumatized, and that was a. And who knows how to go through something like that, right? And you try to yeah. grieve as best you can. But looking back, honestly, I don't think I did grieve very well, you know? And so uh, that was a lot of a lot of uh, trauma that was then going to be healed over the last now 22 years, right? But yeah, no question that some of those days when I, quote, flipped my lid, you were getting some of the brunt of some of that anger that I never processed, mm-hmm. you know, Um in feeling, as I like to say, cosmically bullied, you know, yep. after that situation. But um, so one of the things that I think <clears throat> I wanted to start with is this. Uh, so tell people about where you are now, and then we'll come back to kind of your, you know, history growing up in Argyle. Just my current situation? Yeah. Do I have to look at the camera? No, you don't Come have on. to. Look. Just look at me. Okay. And the mic's fine, because they All already right. set your audio. So you're okay. good. Um, yeah, so right now I am a sophomore, sophomore in college, going to be a junior now next year. Um, Where do you go? Oklahoma State. Yes. I am a marketing major, go Pokes. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, going to be my third year there next year. So I'm spending summer currently in Aurora at our house. Yeah. In between Argyle and Aurora, making that 30-minute drive yep. multiple times a day, every day probably. Yeah. Um, and just doing as far as work goes doing music full-time pretty much um aside from some other school stuff during the summer but yeah music full-time so i'm i'm glad i can i'm able to do that don't have to work you know another job i can start making a little more money from that so so we're going to talk about um where you are now you know and growing up and things that you've learned things that we did well maybe not so well and and our relationship and all that but in our next podcast we're actually going to record two episodes in our next one we're going to talk specifically about your music career but Mm -hmm. you said you're doing music full-time so you know you're in school you're a college student so just as a teaser for the next podcast so what does that mean doing music full-time like tell people what you do doing music full-time um Pretty much that means practically on a on a everyday basis. It's obviously not super demanding um, as far as like, you know, punctuality goes or, you know, it's not like I work my own schedule. So mm-hmm. that can mean me, you know, sleeping in. It's pretty mm-hmm. luxurious lifestyle. Um, but that also means me staying up till, you know, five in the morning some nights and doing, you know, just working on music. Um, but yeah, a more general explanation of, is just it's mostly rap music and I'm not, I'm uh, before people ask, I'm not the one rapping. Um, I just make, you know, make the melodies behind it and then network through Instagram and, and Gmail and stuff and send those off. And so, yeah, that's kind of, kind of what music means today. Yeah. And so here growing up, while you're growing up, I saw this talent at 
a very early age. And again, I don't want to go too much into it, but uh, we encouraged that talent. And it was hard for me to sit on my hands and not push you to get into things like guitar, piano, things that I did, you know, or even in drums for a minute and bass. You were just so musical. Uh, but who knew it was going to end up focused on producing, you know, and producing rap music. And, you know, we have, and we'll talk about it, but we, I've literally witnessed that story where, I mean, you think there's a hundred thousand guys out there who want to become a music producer and yeah. a successful, let's put it that, that way, a music producer. And they're all doing it now in their homes or in their rooms. You know, you watch the Billie Eilish story, some girl in her bedroom writing and recording these songs with Phineas, you know, and blows up right through social media. Yeah. Well, that's the way it happens now. But you've got to grind, you've got to have talent, you've got to have passion, and you've got to have, I mean, not just the work ethic and all those things I just named, but some degree of like business acumen and some, some, you know, smarts to get in there and to kind of teach yourself how you, mm -hmm. you know, who to, 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 to message on, you know, Instagram and who to, to DM, right. How to get your stuff heard. And yeah. from seeing you from our, your bedroom upstairs here in the thumping bass, all those nights, right. Yep. To having a billboard number one, uh, record that's, incredible so we'll we'll unpack that next time yeah but congratulations and well done man thank you i'm super proud of you so so yeah so that's my that's my situation now just music and family and friends for the summer so it's been it's been cool to come back from school and you know see the family and because it, it's all i think it's awesome especially the relationship we not not only we have but our entire family mm. you know chandler and ryan we're so lucky to have, you know, Ruthie be able to come over any any day of the week yeah. and Christian living right near us. And so it's it's awesome whenever I get to even when I come home, like not temp, like, you know, just temporarily for a weekend during school. Um, it's always like all hands on deck, like Christian, Chandler, Ryan, everyone come up, comes over. So Christian's our middle son, Chandler's our oldest daughter, and Ryan is her husband. And then Ruthie, he mentioned Ruthie Jean is our first grandbaby with with Chan and Ryan. And so, so yeah, let's let's go there for a minute. So many kids, man, they turn eighteen and they're like, <clears throat> "Peace out, I'm out of here." They can't wait to get out of that house, right? And yeah. and they're gone. And I understand wanting to spread your wings and fly and be independent and have this autonomous, you know, lifestyle on your own, independent of your parents. I get that. But tell me why you do enjoy coming home. I, I think, I think most people go, like you said, there's the type of kid who wants to, you know, spread his wings and be mm -hmm. independent. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's great for everyone and everyone uh, in some facets should want that. But I think a lot of teenagers, you know, you think about it, like the stereotypical, it's like, the rebellious teen, like they want to, you know, right when they graduate, I want to get the heck out of the house and I want to go, you know, live my college life or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But I think the thing that's made me not, you know, be, be more, not be on the rebellious side is because like, there's nothing to rebel from. Um, and so it's like just growing up where how you and mom, you know, the environment you put us in and with Chandler and Christian, it's like, you almost just want to come back. Like, why, why wouldn't you? Wow. And so, yeah. I don't know. It's I, I, it ha I think it has a lost lot to do with, you know, just kind of like the, the space you put us in when you, when you raised us. Man, I, I appreciate that. I, I mean, it's funny because 
people say, you know, well, you must have done some things right. Your kids, we see you guys celebrating, you know, Christmas and Thanksgiving and, you know, Father's Day, Mother's Day, birthdays. And we do. We love being together. And like when you said that, I always talk about how when you control your kids, when you clamp down, you know, the helicopter parenting, they want they want to rebel naturally. It's like, but when you give them freedom, give them space, then there's nothing you said to rebel against. But it's that fine line where you don't want to just give them carte blanche, you know, let them do whatever they want. That's yeah. not love, you know, the freedom to go. But we did trust you guys until you gave us a reason not to, right? And so it's, and every kid's different, right? I didn't have to clamp down, quote unquote, or try to control or even give you a curfew because basically you were where you said you were going to be, right? Mm. I mean, you, you, if you told us you were going to be at somewhere, you would check in and you were there, right? And so you never made me question that. How, how do you, so here, you're a very social kid. You talked about the drive from Aurora to Argyle multiple times. You're with friends all the time. These buddies you developed from growing up in Argyle, being mm. in Argyle from, you know, kindergarten on, right? Yeah. Uh, through your senior year where you're on the state championship or you go into state football yeah. <laughs> team, right? <laughs> Just one game away, right? Yeah. But anyway, um, so you developed these relationships. You had a lot of fun, but you weren't, you weren't getting into trouble. Yeah. Like how, did, so what would you say to kids out there that think <laughs> you've got to be partying and drinking and doing drugs or, or whatever, do, experimenting with all that? What would you say to the kids that, the think you have to do that to have fun. <laughs> I mean, I think I, I, it's so, it's so fun to think about like, just like the most innocent fun we, we, we were having, like, you know, just thinking of our friend group, you know, we would go to Brandon White's house or we, you know, people's houses and it would be like, you know, it could be like 15 of us all there. And it was just like, at that age, we never even thought to, get it to look towards that way. And there were people, people in our grade that, you know, spent, spent that time like, mm -hmm. you know, doing whatever, but I don't think our heads even went there. We were so in love with like video games and like we would, <laughs> I guess that's what we spent a lot of times on, a lot of our time on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, when we were together, it was just like, mm -hmm. we would just do typical like middle school stuff or like freshman stuff. We go to Highland village and just like, yeah. mess around, but not, we were never the type to get into like trouble or be, yeah. you know, those type of kids. It's but. funny. Like literally, I mean, nobody's perfect. And I know there's things you did that I don't even know about, <laughs> but you were, I mean, literally this great, great kid who made good grades and we're always just checked into the family. And I mean, there's, I couldn't complain, you know, and, and, but there was that one phone call I got <laughs> that one night at like, do you want to tell the, the red solo cup story? <laughs> oh, oh yeah. I mean, I think it'd be good if you were to tell it yeah. to, to whatever level of detail you want. Uh, that was, yeah, that was in, that was in harvest. That was the, yeah. same, the same neighborhood that we were living in at the time. And it's yeah. just one of those cookie cutter type neighborhoods where it's like kind of like a cult <laughs> every every house is like right next to each other and um and so someone i guess had, was throwing a party mm -hmm. and so yeah, no we, names mention no yeah names. No, and so <laughs> it was actually no one that that i knew right. though it was someone that went to our high school but i wasn't i some girl mm -hmm. and so mm -hmm. and so i think a couple of us decided to go um and and obviously in that type of neighborhood a party like that's not going to hold up well um, and then I just remember <laughs> I was just sitting on the back porch and I just see this guy just 
full cop uniform just come out the back and just like rock right past me and i was like well that i was like my whole high school career is over <laughs> like i'm gonna be arrested i'm done for uh oh man. but I, I and then i ended up having to call call you at like one or two in the morning yeah i and couldn't then, even remember your birthday <laughs> yeah and the, the cop was making sure he was like all right all you have to call the parents or yeah. you're like you're coming you're coming to the station yeah he thought you were calling somebody and else and so yeah. he and so you had to make sure i wasn't just calling like my best friend to be like hey come pick me up yeah he he asked to verify the birthday so he asked you he goes so uh what's carson your birthday and you got like the the year wrong. I was literally like in total la la land. I was like, yeah, I've got a son. I've got a several sons, you know, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, he goes, and, you have a son named Carson. <laughs> I'm like, give like, me a minute. Hang on, Jamie, you got some birth certificates. <laughs> yeah. I'm kidding. It, it was, but, but so, and you, yeah, yeah. And then you start telling me on this, on the phone, your voice is quivery, man. And you, <laughs> and, and obviously you're scared to death and I come pick you up. The cop is just looking at me like, man, you got a great son here, right? He had to bust the thing, but there was a lot different in, uh, outcome for a lot of those kids, right? Yeah. And we're on the way to the truck, and you started in, Dad, Dad, I know you're not going to believe me. Is where you started. <laughs> I know you're not going to believe me. But he, and I said, son, I said, stop talking. <laughs> yeah. And, and do you remember what I said? Next? I, I, I just Probably thought, not. <clears throat> no, I, I, all I remember from the ride home is just silence. Okay. And then we talked about it the next morning. Or the next I said, day. here's what I said. I said, nope. I said, stop talking. I said, I want you to, I said, I will believe you if you tell me the truth. That's what I said. Because you said, I know you're not going to believe me. But I thought, and I told you, I said, I've always believed you if you just tell me the truth, man. And so, don't, you know, I want to hear it all. And you told me the story. And man, I was very proud of you. I was actually very, very proud of you. And I said, and I said, I want you to hear me. I totally believe you, son. I mean, it was obvious. And so, and yeah. I said, yeah, we don't have to talk. We'll talk in the morning. <laughs> and so I don't know how much sleep you got that night, but uh, anyway, it was literally, that's the only, that's the only phone call that I ever got that was even a hint at any, you know, bad decision. And, you know, the bad decision was kind of feeling cool that you got invited to a party, you know, <laughs> that, that you probably shouldn't have gone to. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's a perfect segue to what we were going to talk about, yeah. about, um, like y'all being like the labeled as like the church parents yes or like both your parents are pastors yes and for the longest time to this day when people figure out like i'll, I'll have people i go to college with and like they you know they're close friends but they don't necessarily know what my parents do for a living uh -huh. and so that'll get brought up and they'll be like are your parents like super strict because like I'll tell them like you know they were part of founding this church and mm -hmm. they both worked there. My dad's like a, a marriage counselor, and they're like they must be so strict. Like what was like high school like? <laughs> and I'm like, they are the honestly the, the farthest thing from uh, like there's there's people that I went to high school with and like parents that I knew of that like I talked to a kid the other day and his parents to like when he comes back from college he still has to get home at like 10 p.m. And that's the type of kid who's going to, like, probably rebel and want to do something that's, you know, irrational. Because right. he's been used to going home at 10 every night. Right. Not to say that, you know, curfews are, like, bad. But I just never grew up with that, with you guys, like, being super strict about a certain time or who I was with. It's like, yeah, you can do whatever you want as long as you're telling us where you're going and what's the truth. Yeah. And, like, just being smart about 
Exactly. Give me, don't give me a reason to say no. And I've always said, let your default be yes. So many parents say no, and I'll just think up a reason why no. It's like, man, say yes, right? If you can. And then, then that means when I do say no, there's usually a good reason. And I think for me, it, making some arbitrary curfew, like time, let's say midnight, didn't make sense. If you're going to somebody's lake house in Possum Kingdom and y'all are going to leave there at 12, you know, you know, I mean, obviously... That's when parents were chaperoning or driving, but it didn't make sense to have some arbitrary. It's like depending on the thing. Well, we're going to this concert downtown Dallas, so it's going to be later than eleven that yeah. night or whatever. So, but yeah, as long as you just were trustworthy, we had no reason to clamp down. And I think that's a great, great lesson for parents to learn, um, for sure. Yeah. So back on the, are your parents strict in the religious thing, the faith thing? I remember a conversation just came to mind while we were talking that I had with a a dad of one of your really good friends that we're still good friends with to this day. I saw him at the, the thing that I did this weekend. Um, and he called me to have a conversation about something he had found. You guys had been vaping, right. And wanted to have a conversation. Do you remember my conversation around vaping? Like what's my, what was my, what do you remember from that conversation? Um, you said something about like, Uh, you said it not of like a, a taboo like vape thing. You talked about it from a health standpoint. So it was like, you know, who, this dad could have called me and said, you know, my son's eating McDonald's every single day. And that's the same, the same, you know, amount of bad for your health as, you know, vaping could be your other yeah. stuff. No offense, McDonald's, but I think I, and yeah. I think I use Whataburger, but it's Speaking like, again, McDonald's knowing all the, you know, the documentaries we, we've watched about, you know, the, how food is literally fast food, especially killing us and poisoning us. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. Parents would, wouldn't think twice of their kid having Whataburger every day, but they don't want them to do this. And for me, it is, if you want to look at the Bible and the body being the temple of God and us, you know, taking care of things, it's what's healthy. It's what's sustainable. You know, to sin is to miss the mark, right? And if something leads to death or it's not sustainable, it's not healthy. And so I, I took that very seriously. And, and so I thought instead of what was, like you said, the Christian taboo, and, and I, I didn't, I wasn't concerned about what people were going to think if I let my kid, you know, fill in the blank, right? Yeah. I, it was about what was truly helpful and what was not, what was going to hurt. And I wanted you guys to know that. We even talked about... It was never like a... Mm-hmm. Which I think is just the most like orthodox, kind of like traditional, and I think out of... It, it doesn't... But like when, when people mm-hmm. are like, I don't want my kid to go to hell... Like it was mm-hmm. you. Yours was never because you knew it was like mm-hmm. that was never what it was going to lead to or whatever that even means. Yeah, it yeah. was just like I don't know. There, I, I there's people who have that mindset about it. Parents and I, I've never yeah. found that like constructive or like yeah, just the fear of you know my son going to hell. That's mm-hmm. like yeah, I feared you creating hell for yourself here. Uh, and for others, right? And and I so one of the things about language, we we joke because I, <clears throat> you know, there's these words that you don't want your kids saying it, you know, at school, <laughs> you know, quote curse words or growing up, that's what they got or cuss words, right? And for me, the when the Bible <laughs> says out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? And so I would differentiate on if you used a word. And again, just pick your word. If you had it, and some people would say, well, you can never say that with a good heart. But if you told me, Dad, watch out, don't step in that, 
you know, yeah. fill in the blank, it, versus looking at somebody with an angry face and this ugly heart and saying, you, you know, fill in the blank. It, yeah. Those are two different things. And I cared about your heart, right? And again, I hope, I hope people... I mean, anybody's hearing this that thinks, oh my goodness, you know, what are you teaching or, or want to take me to task on that? Man, I would, I would go to the mat on that one. Uh, there, there's, there's things that are, are helpful and expedient and things that are just these arbitrary legalistic rules that are, you said are not constructive or instructive at all yeah. for as far as your life. <clears throat> yeah. So yeah, I agree. Yeah. Good, good, good. Well, yeah, there's so we talked about me blowing it and counting. <laughs> so I was telling somebody earlier, they said, they, and she teared up talking to me just, just recently. She said, you said something one time that's helped me because um, this woman has a prodigal right now, you know, taken from Luke 15, you know, the prodigal son who leaves. And I said, the prodigal always returns to where the love is. So all, just keep loving, just keep loving them because they, they will always return to where the love is. And, um, and we, we were talking about that and we were just talking about in the context of that story, I said, yeah, my youngest, and I was telling her, so Carson used my own line on me because I'd read, I knew I was blowing it. You know, you pass on your, your unhealed wounds and hurts from, from my path, my upbringing. And when anger would flare up, I knew I'd wounded my kids as I had gone off in anger over something and reading John Eldridge's wild at heart about the father wound and all that. I was always quick to try to clean it up. And so, oh man, I blew it. Hey son, I'm sorry. That was, it was not appropriate what you did and I should have corrected you disciplined, but that was me. Uh, uh, You know, the the right way necessarily. Yeah. I did it the wrong way that like, I'm sorry. That was, that was not okay for me to blow it like that. And one time you said, dad, are you like bipolar? Because I was catching myself and flipping so quickly. Well, yeah. no, you said, just get me in trouble, send me in my room. Like, quit apologizing for it, you know? But it was hard because I wanted to catch myself. And But one day I'd come home and I was tired, you know, and I knew every time you said, hey, dad, I want to go play, you know, basketball or let's play ripstick or let's do this, Mario yeah. Kart, whatever. I wanted to do it uh, because I knew that was a bid for connection. You were just wanting to be with dad. And one time I said, man, I'm tired. I'm hungry. Just let me come in the house. You know, you're meeting me out in my car and you go, dad, come on. You're going to give me father wound. <laughs> I still yeah. today, this day think that's so funny. You're like using my own stuff. <laughs> yeah. That was a term that you had, you yeah. had, uh, referenced a lot yeah. as a kid. Yeah. Or just, I remember you talking about just like fatherhood and parenting and stuff. Yeah. And you would always use father wounds. And I know, that's like a very, <laughs> a very real thing. But I was using it sort of an insensitive mm-hmm. saying, just like, let's go. I want to play Mario Kart. You're going to give me father wounds. So tell me so, the gate. So let's talk about the gate story and the seawall. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I told the, I told the seawall uh, to Jack the other day. I told him that whole story because he had never heard it, I, I don't think, in its full form. Um, but yeah, the... The what was the first? Yeah, so the first one we were in mom's Lexus, right? Uh, yes, her old Lexus, yes, the yes. navy one. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And to this day, I still think it was just a way overreaction <laughs> from your part. Um, not even, not even yeah. like the blow up part, even if you would have been like mad about it, I still would have because I, in my eyes, and I know to this day. I still like okay, like, was total, uh, total control, but uh, let's for some let's, context. How, how old were you? Don't remember. So, let's put it this way. It was before you were 15. 
you had no driver's license and you had, we, we weren't in driver's ed yet. Okay. So I, but I had driven, I had driven a handful of times because and I, had I had let you drive grown up in down. like, you know, golf carts and four wheelers and ATVs <laughs> and like these okay. big stuff. Good so point. I, you're making my point. I was, I, I had already like, I was comfortable. It's not like I was the first time I've ever operated a vehicle. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, you're, I think it was, you were like, all right, I'm going to go out and open up the gate because we were, what were we fishing or something? We were fishing. We were on a property. And to, to, so what I was thinking was, I want you to know I believe in you. I want you to know I think you can do this. You've got what it takes. This is one of the things I was, so how hard could this be? What, you know, how much trouble could he get into? I'm going to give him the keys and he's going to think, wow, dad, trust me to drive this car, right? That's what I was thinking. And so, yeah, we're in the middle of this pasture, but there's a gate. So I said, hey, son, I want you to pull the car through the gate. So I get out. I open the gate. Yeah. And so (laughs) I pull through and he thought it. He was like, hey, look at this. I'm going to take a video, send it to mom, like show Carson's driving your car. Look at this. He's big. He's growing up. So, yeah. And then I I got through the gate and then just kept on driving down that road. (laughs) I was like, this is so easy. I could drive like on the highway. And I just keep on driving down the dirt road. And in my mind, it is the most low stake situation because we're in the <laughs> middle of a pass like pasture. There's no one for probably 300 miles wherever we were. Oh my God. So he goes through this gate and he takes off and I'm going, I literally first, I'm like, Carson, Carson, Carson. Now I'm standing there like an idiot. I'm jumping up and yeah. down, waving my arm. I'm pretty sure there was a yelling. song on. And then I start, I'm running. Oh, yeah, he's probably cranking the radio. Yeah. And he's cruising, you know. And, yeah. and, and, oh, my God, I start running down that road. And, and yeah, the reason why I did it out while we were fishing, I did the same thing for Christian at the WR. I thought the only thing he could do is gun this thing and like run it in the lake, which is probably, you know, or, or it's going to be, or hit a cow or something. But it's pretty safe out here. And this, you got to a place where I knew the road there were two got ditches. narrow and there was bar ditch, got pretty deep on both sides. And I thought, okay, well, whoa, 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 don't, I hope he doesn't try to turn around or whatever. I didn't know what you were doing because I said, pull through the gate and he took off. <laughs> but I, I, so I've led into you and I don't yeah. remember what all was said there. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember the specifics of that either. But, but you thought I overreacted. I another, yeah. Uh, yeah. that's another that's thing. Funny. Is it uh, another thing where it all came from fear, right? You just yeah about me just tumbling over there in the there ditch. There you go. So when a guy, when a father's going off, it's about fear. I'm afraid you're going to wreck the car. It's not anger, except right? for the maybe the seawall, because the there wasn't okay. much fear in the seawall situation. No, that was anger. That, that was, was pure anger. Yeah. <laughs> the seawall. So talk about that. The seawall was. Um, oh my gosh. So we. So Lyle and Joanna, mm-hmm. you, or how are they related to me? Cousin? So yes, yeah. Jamie. Yeah, yeah. Jamie's niece and it's her Donna. Husband. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, Donna's mm-hmm. daughter and the husband. So Lyle and Joanna. They were in Galveston. Yeah, so they, they were close family. They they lived in Galveston, and they had this nice house. It was kind of in like a beach housey type neighborhood and like good a good part of Galveston. And so I, I always liked being there and like... You know, you would, we would go to the beach and shower, and it was all clean there and good house. And then, but I think before we went on that trip, Angie may have rented this, like, haunted house. <laughs> it was like, I swear, we looked up reviews, and, like, Christian and Chandler were, like, freaking out about yeah, it. How it was, like, it was. had, like, reviews of, like, being haunted. Or, yeah, like, yeah. And it was the dustiest, like, maybe made in, like, the 1400s. <laughs> it was bad. 
And so we, that's the one we were living in. And I was like, so I don't remember how old I was again. I'm never good at judging how old I was in stories. Yeah, that was, you know, middle school. Yeah, at yeah. some point. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so I think we had gone this whole beach day and then all the girls want to do their shopping. And as a kid on vacation, it was always like, you were trying to save me from like, here, let's go do this while the girls do their, their shopping thing. And we were at that La King place or where we eat ice cream. Mm. So I think oh, you were, and you were, ice cream you were world. dad on vacation who's just like super tired and like beat and whole families <laughs> and probably just annoyed yeah. Yeah. or something. Well, it, I thought it was actually after church, but it's like we're home and there was this huge traffic jam and people were calling going, we can't get around. We had somehow I'd gone away. We got home. We're in air conditioning yeah. in this house. I'm in, I'm in so bed, I think we like, but you had left yeah. your phone at the other place. <clears throat> and so I'm like, there. As, as a kid, there's always like, and you'll see kid now, I'll see like little kids when I'm like grown up now and being like, that would be so annoying as a parent because the kid just like nags on them. Oh. And so like, I, and I remember Dad. I was never like, I, I was like a really excited kid and probably a little too pushy and annoying. But this is one time I can remember being like, actively intentionally like nagging you because for some reason yeah so we had gone to this Mm. house it was haunted it was dusty it just made me uncomfortable it smelled like just like 10 thrift stores combined (laughs) where it's kind of just has leaves a funk and so um yeah so i think you were trying to take a nap and i was at a kid as that age i'm not going to take a nap doesn't want to take a nap so i'm like on your phone i I didn't have my phone Mm. so i couldn't like entertain myself I was so I just kept and like I was just picturing we could be at Lyle and Joanna's house, you know, great house. Like I just want to chill there, and so, af- so and f- after you must have been like, I'm s- drifting in and out of sleep, and your dad, dad, I need my <laughs> yeah. phone, dad, I need my phone, dad, I left my phone, dad, and I'm like, will you yeah. please shut up about your phone? And I literally, here's my bad. Finally, I gave in, I caved, but you were wearing me slick yeah. about this phone. So we get in the car. And I'm surprised you caved because you never caved like that. Well, That's like the one but time. But here's the deal. I tried to give you stuff that you wanted. You know that. I always took care of you, right? That's yeah. the line. And so I thought, you know what? I'm not going to be a loser dad. I'm going to get up and I'm going to give him his phone and we're going to go. But that was my... Here's the deal. And I feel then. bad for that now just because I remember being so, so over the top annoying about it. Well, just but, like but a, so and here's schooler. where I literally... I blew it the worst I've ever blown it. So we get up on the seawall... We're stuck in two-hour traffic, and I'm thinking, More it's literally, it's the worst. It was like it was a bad, it was the worst traffic jam. I mean, the sh- everything was shut down everywhere. You couldn't move, and once you got in it, you're done. I'm like, just why did like, I voluntarily yeah. get in this thing when we were? I was just, I was laying in a bed in air conditioning. It was hot, and we're uncomfortable. We're out there, and and I looked over, and I, I'm working myself up, and I keep on now. I'm I'm starting to get worked up, and at first it's this low grade. Well, then every time I bring it up, I'm getting louder and louder. And I look at you and and because it's like, I blamed it on you. I'm mad at the traffic situation, but now I'm blaming it on you all because you had to have your blankety blank phone, right? And that, and I, and literally when it came out, it surprised me. (laughs) Like, like literally, what did I just say in front of my son? And man, the look that you gave me. No, no, no. I it, it haunts me to this day. Like yeah. you can't unsee that look, and I felt horrible. And and you know what? Uh, I told Jamie about it. And of course, Jamie gives me this look that, like, I love you, and I'm going to forgive you. But this shaming kind of 
Like Brian, how could you? Like you know what it I mean? sounds like. It sounds like it's like it overblown right now. But in that moment, it was like I don't think I had ever even heard you like say or like cuss no. or anything at Mm-mm. that age. So Mm-mm. I was like, oh my gosh, she's really mad. <laughs> and because I knew it, it was like the it was like the ultimate like I don't know what type of situation you would call it, but like where I'm just it's like the whole you're right you're like I'm wrong type thing where I just had to swallow my pride I was like I messed up because I remember we get in this traffic and just some context it's not like standstill traffic it is like the most literal form of standstill like we're sitting there car parked yeah can't move for Mm -hmm. hours and so we got Mm -hmm. in that traffic and I'm like gosh if I would have just sucked it up (laughs) and just laid okay but so yeah, and, and I wanted to highlight that because that was, I blew it, right? And then you felt what you felt. And see, it's funny, you know, I'll never really know how you internalized that and what you took away and how you may have blamed yourself for it. But dads beat themselves up when they blow it. And I think for me, it's, man, tell your kids they blew it. Tell your kids you blew it. Yeah. And I mean, you knew, you knew <laughs> I felt bad about that. You knew I apologized and you forgave me, you know? Um, but I think when you don't do that, if that's the way you're acting all the time, that's when the kids do want to blow when they're 18 and never come home. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So man, okay. Believe it or not, I started this timer late and we're already done 30 minutes. So let's do this. Cause I do want to get into your music. Cause that's a whole nother thing. So man, thanks for this. I hope that was helpful for some people and that was fun. And can you believe it went by so fast? Yeah. No, so really we're going to pick up part two. We're going to dive into what I saw in you growing up and, uh, and then how it led to what you're doing now with music. All right. All right. Okay, bud. Appreciate it. Cool. So I hope you've enjoyed our conversations. Remember to like, share, follow, subscribe, and all that good stuff. And if you ever want to talk to someone in the healing place, We're here for you. Please pick up the phone and call, email, or find us on crosstimberschurch.org, The Healing Place, or find us on our Facebook page, The Healing Place Group.